Hello. Hi. Welcome to What's the Point? I'm Tefa. I'm Amanda. We're back again for another episode somehow. You're um, welcome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Welcome back to What's the Point? A show about some self-proclaimed comedians uh, trying to figure out the entertainment industry. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I'm Tefa. Yeah. We, we already did oh, that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's I wasn't paying episode attention. Um, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> so uh, we're going to start our show the way we're going to start every show, with a wind down. So uh, we're just going to check in with each other about what's going on. Cool. In our lives. You want me to go first? Yeah. All right. So uh, I went to a drop-in improv class last night. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that aren't familiar with it, it's basically an improv class, but it's not like a formal session. You just kind of go for one. Um, and it's, it's cool because it, you really do, there's always people of like all different levels. Like there's people who yeah. have never done it before. And then there's people that have, you know, been doing it since 2008. <laughs> like one of the guys there. Like, oh, cool. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And so it was a really great mix of people. Um, and you know, we were talking about this before, but I always have that moment, like, right before. I'm just like, mm, I don't want to do this. Mm, I changed my mind. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't like it that much. And then yeah. I got up and did it, and I was like, oh, I forgot how much I, like, love this. I love doing yeah. this. I haven't done improv in months. Um, and it felt so good to just to just get out there and, and do it. Yeah, and we were talking about that earlier this week, where it's like, like before, like even doing just like an open mic, you're like, I don't want to do this. Like, and you'll come up with like any excuse to not do it. Like, I hope they cancel it. Oh, it's raining. Oh, if, if it you was have to do this yesterday. thing, it's fine. I didn't want to go anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was raining yesterday. I was walking. And I was like, mm, I could just walk there or I could just go home because I know. it's raining. Yeah. Like, and I think you said, you told me you had like two hours to kill. Yeah. And like, I, I straight up would have gone home. I was, yeah. I would have been like, mm, no, it's raining. Oh, no, I'm going home. I like, know. And <laughs> I was li- but I was like a, literally a block and a half away. And so I went to a coffee shop and like sat and I yeah. I watched something on my phone I, I don't remember but and then I did some some work but yeah it was I'm, I'm really glad I went even though like getting over that and I, I, I think too almost for me I think it's good what I've learned with improv is like I do my best when I'm not like in my head and so yeah. having not done it for months I wasn't thinking about like oh I should be reacting to this or I should be putting these rules on myself or I, you know what I mean like I yeah, should be yeah. playing these characters or whatever and so it was I was like I just haven't done it so I'm just gonna just get it out of the way. And I was right. like, oh, that was so much better than probably when I was doing it regularly. Um, yeah, you when you're sort of like... I'm not thinking too hard about it. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, I just burped again. <laughs> um, it's that wine, man. I know. The wine down, it gets you. Um, so I want to talk about... Um, I went on Sunday to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child... Mm-hmm. Um, which is the new play that just opened in the U.S. It was in the U.K. Um, first, and it's, like, a new story about, like, Harry Potter's kids. Um, mm-hmm. And they had, like, released basically, like, a manuscript of the play for people who wanted to read the story. Um, but I didn't read that because I was like, <laughs> I feel like I'll just see the play at some point. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to read the story in this way. Um, and I'm so glad I did because it was awesome. Um, Question. Did you read the Harry Potter books before you saw the movies? A hundred percent. Okay. The movies are trash. <gasps> Is that why you didn't want to read the, the play? Um, no, I just, I feel like, like when J.K. Rowling was like giving interviews about the 
the new play. She was like, because people were like accusing her of just like a cash grab and like, why, like a play is so expensive for people to see, like you're just in it to make money. And she was like, no, it just really made this format made the most sense for this story. Mm-hmm. Um, did it? It did. And I, I can't explain why. Um, Without spoiling too much? Well, or just, just generally. I just, it. yeah, <laughs> okay. I, I'm not sure of the words, but I'm like, yes, this format works very well for this particular story. Um, but, uh, what I wanted to talk about was, um, so I've always been fascinated by lighting design. I love it. I think it's so cool. I saw Wicked when I was like 13 and there's like the, like she flies in the air and she, there's like a whole contraption, but yeah. because of the lighting, you can't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and That's I, so true. I love that. And I think it's so cool that people understand how to do this. And, um, <laughs> and with Harry Potter, obviously there's, science. yeah, <laughs> I know science weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but with Harry Potter, obviously there's magic. And so they do like, there are so many tricks in the show and, um, I don't, I don't want to like spoil anything. And they like really push that on you when yeah. you leave. They have like a hashtag, keep the secrets. Like do oh. not tell people what this That's is actually about. Really cool. It is really cool because you don't want it to get spoiled for people. And it's so cool to see it without having like any concept of what you're going into. Um, but there's like an illusionist on the, you know, playbill. Um, and there's so many tricks and they just off the bat, like they get you and you're just like, whoa. And because you're not looking for it, you don't see it happen. And then you're like, oh my God, like, how did that person just appear like in this place? Or they all changed clothes, like on stage. How did that happen? Like, and, and I just like forgot. And there were some other like really cool lighting tricks. Um, and I just forgot how much I loved that particular thing and I like I just loved it so much it was amazing I love the different like just mediums for creativity yeah I think that that's so cool I know Um, and also it's so kind of like I feel like I had two things but the the (laughs) one that comes to mind first is somebody made a reference the other day to like the kid from the sixth sense right and like Mm -hmm. and how like what's so crazy is I remember that movie coming out and like genuinely like everyone that saw it was surprised by the ending, right? And it's, like, yeah. the world knows now what it was. And, like, I don't know. I was thinking about it. I was, like, could in, like, modern day you release a movie that that happened, right? Because yeah. everybody would just go tweet about it or whatever the second they left and spoil it because people yeah. are jerks. But it was – I was, like, I wonder if they actually could pull off, you know, an M. Night Shyamalan plot twist. Yeah, well, and that was what I loved because there is a – there's a great plot twist in this, and I – didn't see it coming at all and and I'm so glad I didn't read it ahead of time because I just enjoyed it that much more and it was very uh like did you read Harry Potter I don't know if you did I did not read The Curse of Child, but yes. I read the other books. I read the books up to four, I think. Okay, so I read the first three at least seven times and I I didn't. So you'll get what I'm saying. Like the the story structure still felt very much like J.K. Rowling, even mm-hmm. though like so she like partnered with a, a playwright to like write this. So it's sure. it's her story, but not her like lines. Um, but um, but the story still felt very much like her. Like you know, mm-hmm. I feel like in any of the Harry Potter books, she like like by the like last quarter of the book, like you're like oh shit's going down, like everything's going crazy, like I have to finish the rest of this book and figure out what happens, and it it was very much still the same like beats of her story, yeah, which I loved. That's amazing. It was great. Oh, now I need to see it. You always tell me these <laughs> things. I'm like, lovely. oh, I should watch more things. <laughs> it was it was so cool. Stick to um, but yeah, but I I had bought those tickets eight no. 
10 months ago when they were released and I like they filled up so fast I was like okay just going into the next month no shows here and I was just buying two tickets like yeah it was insane but yeah it was it was lovely sounds like it was worth it that's awesome it really was cool (laughs) well I think that that's our wind down yeah uh so we're gonna take a break and then we'll be back with our very first guest and I'm very excited yeah Um, she's a very funny lady you're gonna love her yeah Miss Molly Maxlin Are you a millennial that just can't adult today? Are you just too busy to learn how to follow a recipe from the internet and buy cheaper food from the grocery store? Do you like eating mushrooms in every meal? Introducing the Fungus Box, the latest meal subscription service. We'll send you a new box every week with new recipes, complete with the ingredients, all containing mushrooms. Never again do you have to waste time at the grocery store or get frustrated over mushrooms gone bad. You'll receive plenty of fresh mushrooms in each new box. There might be some moldy bread or wilted lettuce, but we know you're into fungus box for the mushrooms, so that's not really a priority for us. Plus, along with each box, you'll receive exclusive instructions and helpful tips that no other box offers. In addition to recipes, we'll also provide instructions on how to turn on your stovetop and oven. We were hoping that you could figure out how to turn them off on your own, but that didn't go so well, so we'll also send a fire marshal to your residence nightly. And we didn't stop there. Since you're averse to the grocery store, we've collected data on your daily routines and we've provided alternate routes for you so you don't even have to look at a grocery store. For less than $10 per meal by one cent, the Fungus Box is the simplest and least cost-effective method for you to feed your mushroom habit. Head to fungusbox.com and enter code SHROOM to save on your first box. Save how much? We'll tell you later. Plus, subscribe to our newsletter to get a first look at the Fungus Box's new project, Fungus Box 2. Fungus Box 2. There's more types of fungus than just mushrooms. Thanks so much for sticking around. Yeah, uh, and we're here with our very first guest. We're so excited to have her, uh, Molly Maxillin. Hi, guys. Hi. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this. Yeah. Thanks for inviting me. I don't get invited anywhere because everyone always is afraid of getting put in my material. So this is <laughs> this is a really, and it's fun because it's all girls. So it's all, yeah. I'm not even wearing a bra. That's how exciting this is. Incredible. We went, to a, we went to a stand-up show not too long ago, and we sat in the front row in hopes that they'd like pick on us, and they didn't. No. <laughs> the thought of it is making no me sweaty. Way. The yeah. thought of... <sighs> so yeah. close. So please, make, make fun of us like that. Yeah. Do you want me to make you uncomfortable? Is that <laughs> Not in this moment. There's a lot of pressure, but yeah. at some point. Later, it's probably going to happen. After more wine. <laughs> I'm down. I'm ready. Yeah. Um, so do you have any thoughts about what we just talked about? The class thing is so important. I have not taken a class in a long time. Mm. And... I've, I've studied before, you know, so it's kind of hard to go back into it. I'm the same way where if it's rainy or if I don't feel right, I just will skip it. And I'm like, oh, I can't do it today. Or I get there and I'm like, oh my God, none of these people like me. And it's that feeling of being like the kid in the cafeteria again, where you're like, oh my God, they probably all know each other. And I'm here now. And I'm, it's like mean girls, but you're very rarely, there's usually you and like one other chick. And every time the other chick is immediately, like, hotter than you and funnier than you, and you're like, what do I do now? And then yes. you just eat your lunch in the bathroom. Yeah, I'm just going to go throw up and eat my Lunchable <laughs> in the bathroom and then just, like, fade into the background. Like like the meme where they're fading into the bushes. I'm just like, I'm just going to go now. I'm just gonna... And I just gonna try you, to hide. Do you feel, though, like, once you get started, it's fine? Is it it, just, absolutely. Like... It's that initial nervousness. 
Yeah. And I don't know if it's my anxiety. I don't know if it's the fact that every time I perform, no matter if it's two people, 10 people, a casino full of people, I have to look a certain way because it's like the persona I want to give off. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to do that to a group of strangers who are also funny. What do you feel like your persona is? I try to look because I grew up watching and falling in love with, you know, I Love Lucy and the Carol Burnett Show. And I always wanted to be a comedian from that. So it's that moment where I'm like, I want to have the red lips, the big eyes, and look very vintage and very ladylike, even though the things that will come out of my mouth will be the exact opposite. But that's part of what makes it funnier. Yeah, absolutely. Because I'll go up there and they're like, oh, look at this cute pretty feminine thing and then I'm up there you know like oh sweet doll face talking about you know chodes and farts and flop sweat you know (laughs) right right very ladylike things very very ladylike things definitely (laughs) yeah um so how did you get started in in comedy or like what made you interested like like I said since I was little I always watched Isla Lucy and Carol Burnett and I don't know if it was the canned laughter or the fact Mm. that I found it so funny and I wanted to do that. I would point at the TV and say, Mom, I want to do that. And they're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, as I got a little bit older, I went into the world of community theater. Yeah. Nice. And that was eye-opening as a young lady because there are, you know, there's a couple shows that a child should not do. And one of those shows was <laughs> Gypsy, and that was oh. one of my first shows. And thinking about it now, I think it ruined me because I saw the three women who played the burlesque strippers and they were funny and they were personality and I wanted to do that. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be that funny and likable and just look at how much fun they're having. And that's how I unfortunately um, in college decided to go into musical theater. Um, that was not a popular choice in my household. <laughs> my mom played piano. My dad, you know, was, you know, more visual arts. Um, but in the real life, you know, my dad worked as a stockbroker and my mom was a real badass housewife. And I knew I didn't want to do either of those things. They seemed stressed out all the time. <laughs> it wasn't like the Turns fun out housewives now. Yeah, I yeah. was just like, oh God, that's what adult- no one told me. Like, I feel like I was, you know, been lied to. I'm like, no one told me that's just how adulthood works. Yeah, I feel like that's a common thing with kids. They're like, oh, like, I don't want to be in a cubicle. And it's like... Right. Okay. Even if you go into entertainment, half the jobs are also in cubicles. Right. Like, <laughs> and then you get into entertainment, and you're like, oh, shit, this stuff doesn't pay. Yeah. yeah. I don't even yeah. get a portion you're of like, the door. I'm definitely you know? more stressed than my parents were. Right, because <laughs> I chose this world of wanting to be funny, but then I'm like, oh, yeah, bills, ew. I have a question. Yeah. Um, kind of a follow-up to that. Like, do you have a moment or, like, a thought of, like, when did you first realize that you were funny? Like, when were you like, oh... I can be funny. I can be a comedian. Um, probably upon conception. <laughs> um, <laughs> I came out being like, I came out with I'm a microphone so in my hand saying, what about that airplane food? <laughs> um, no, I kind I think honestly, when I found out it was actually funny is the first time I got in trouble in school. Ooh. I got in trouble for passing a note and the teacher thought it would be really, you know, giving me a terrible lesson. So I would never do it again. And I had to stand up and read the note aloud. And the note was the beautifully articulated poem of Beans, Beans. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the moment I found out I was actually funny is when I was done reading it, everyone, including the teacher, was laughing. (laughs) 
And I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to feel guilty or bad about this. I'm like, you all just That's made my day. Incredible. Like I could have done like, like the George Costanza, like, thank you. Good night. Like I was ready, you know, in the tender age of second grade to like leave on a high note. And I think that was the moment where I'm like, okay, making people laugh really makes me feel good. Because I was an ugly kid, man. I was, I had really great hair, but I mean, I had a cheeks and a body like the Pillsbury Doughboy. Like I was Aww. not cute. I thought I was real cute. I still think I'm real cute, but you are. I still got that body, though. <laughs> Thanks. It's the Spanx. <laughs> that rhymes. The Spanx. They really tightened me up. <laughs> um, it. Yeah, that was that was the moment for me where everyone was laughing, and I was like, "Oh, I feel, I feel like a cool kid." Yeah. Yeah. In my like Pee Wee Herman sweatshirt, I feel real cool. <laughs> I still feel really cool in my Pee Wee Herman shirts. Let's let's just be honest about my TV, life. TV. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, is that? specifically or oh, what kind of drew you so you did musical theater but like what drew you to doing stand-up I think my path on musical theater kind of led me directly into comedy because I don't know if it was the body type or the drag queen like makeup I wear but they're like oh this girl's a character actor mm. and it's one of those moments where you get to play the fun sidekick and you get to be stupid and body and bigger than life and I loved yeah. those roles and I get drawn to them every time. Um, one of my favorite roles I got to play as an adult right before I moved to New York was Mazeppa and Gypsy. Oh. It was my first and my last show in the community theater world. Oh. And building that character was one of the best things I've ever spent my time on. Because you're only on stage for maybe four minutes, but you make the biggest impact in the show. I'm sorry to all the other characters. But, I mean, <laughs> that like is the moment that sticks with you. Like, you know, I'm up there in like a homemade burlesque costume and yeah. my poor parents are in the front row and I'm playing a trumpet between my legs. Like that was the moment where I'm like, okay, just put it out there and, and leave it all on the stage. And I think those roles were kind of, it kind of reinforced the fact that I knew I had good timing and I was like, well, what do I do with it now? Mm. where do I go from here? Interesting. Yeah. And I think that's what really, like, those roles all adding up kind of pushed me into that directive. So you, nice. you kind of touched on this before, but do you, you, do you get nervous before shows? Like, do you? I wish I could say that? no, but I would be lying. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I could do a million shows. I could do shows back to back, and I still get the jitters. I still get nervous. I still... You know, and I think that's beautiful because I think yeah. the minute you lose that, I, I don't know if I could do it anymore because I think that really promotes the energy and the vibe and kind of makes me work harder because that's a yeah, group of strangers yeah. out there. Yeah. And then you're like, I got to pull myself together. Yeah, and, like, like really I got to get my up. shit together. Yeah. I got to be here in like two minutes. You know, yeah. like maybe my underwear's up my ass and bunched up. Maybe I'm sweating very profusely and they're going to see it. But you're like, okay, these people are here to laugh. Yeah. And that's the part where you have to think about your audience and you have to, like, everyone's like, oh, think of them in their underwear. No, that makes me more nervous. Yeah. Um, which is so <laughs> Look stupid. All these beautiful people. <laughs> You're like, great, there's a room of models out there. Like, what am I? But it's, it's, it's you know, it's great because I love getting nervous before a show because it gives me, like, more energy. I feel like it really gets my adrenaline going and makes me go out there and really put it on. Yeah, I feel like I, I do the same thing, even, like, uh, doing, like, music in high school. Like, I I would almost consistently, like, I wouldn't be as good in, like, practice, and then I would, like, the actual performance, like, I always show up. The performance I energy is important, because, yeah, yeah, it's that moment where, like, it's time. Yeah, you just, you gotta, <laughs> this is it. It's That's now it. or never. Yeah. <laughs> They're here now. They're not going to be here in 20 minutes. You know, you've got to go out there and put it on. I think 
the nervousness helps me. I know some people like they get out there and they freeze. I've thankfully never had that hope happen yet. <laughs> um, I hope it never happens, but it's a reality of live performances. It might, if there's yeah. someone really attractive out there who's single <laughs> in the front row, it might happen. Well, that reminds me. So I learned, I learned this in psychology and I'm a nerd, but, um, uh, so the, the physiological reaction to being nervous and to being excited is exactly the same. Um, so sometimes you can actually like trick yourself into being like, oh, I'm super excited about this. Um, yeah. And I yeah. feel like sometimes it's both, even like, like before we were recording this, I was like, oh, I'm just kind of jittery, but I felt like it was a little bit more excitement than nervousness. Yeah. yeah like I know how to great. talk into the mic. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, I also feel like, like being nervous to like get up in front of a room of strangers is like a perfectly normal human reaction, right? right? Like the, what you're doing is not a normal thing. So yeah. It's it not like I'm getting on that sense. stage and like popping ping pong balls out my puss. Like I'm going to get up there and make people laugh. Have you bombed? Yeah. <laughs> At the worst times, I yeah. Oh. I think it's normal as a comedian know, yeah. to, like, have... Because you know how you're feeling, and after you watch it, going first is the worst. Mm-hmm. I hate going first. She loves going first. She's I always like, I'll like put my name at the first. top, and I'm like, Mm-mm. I just like no. ripping the Band-Aid off. Like, like, because otherwise, if I go fifth, I'm nervous for the first four people, and that is upsetting to me. So I just want to get it over with, which is... Not the right, because, like, if you're in, like, an open mic setting or a show setting, like, the audience isn't warmed up, they're not ready for you, it's not going to go as well. Um, But I think that also helps me with, like, being more comfortable being uncomfortable in those moments of, like, oh, they did not laugh at this joke that should have landed well, and then, like, that always makes me lose my train of thought, and then then I fuck up or I have to, like, skip something because I lost it, and then... But I need to practice at reading your audience is hard. Yeah. It is very hard whether you go first or fifth, because I have a tendency to go after a lot of the you know what I'm saying comics, and I'm oh, not mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Or I go after the hecklers, and I also don't pick well, on my audience. I only I, pick on myself. I also feel like that. You know what I'm saying? It's like a cheap job at just being like, you know what I'm yeah. saying. You know what I mean? Like it's like your joke didn't land. Command. Move on. Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> they know what you're saying, and they're still not laughing. Yeah. Like that's it's when you know work. that okay. joke did not land. Take it out of your rep. Exactly. Yeah. And I've had that happen, especially doing shows in the Midwest. Hmm. I do not do a lot of Trump jokes, but I decided to try one. Ooh. And I she immediately regretted that decision. Oh. Oh. Yeah, cause because they, they still have those like, signs on in their yard. Like, yeah. everyone should have just came in in their MAGDA hats. Like, I would have been more prepared. But reading your audience is so hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Whether you're doing a musical, whether you're doing burlesque, whether, you know, you're doing a, a kid pageant, you can't read those people. Or in a, even in an audition, like, they're not yeah. allowed to show you, they're not supposed to show you any sort of emotional response. Yeah. And that sometimes throws me off more. I'm like, please laugh, breathe, blink, like, I don't whatever. Know if right. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times when it does work, it kind of helps you get more into it, you know? Right. Exactly. Or when I first started, I had the tendency to speed up, mm-hmm. which is terrible. And it's very common. The more I go to open mics, the more I see other newer comedians to the scene, like, they will also do the same things I was doing. Yeah. Which made yeah. me feel a little bit more normal because I'm like, yeah. is everyone it else talking like practice. they're on Coke or like, is it me? <laughs> I will say, I, I watched, um, so I recently got a video of one of my more recent sets to do like submissions with and whatever. And I, I watched the one that I had from uh, just almost a year prior. And I was like, that a thousand times better. Like, I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe that I. You know what I mean? Like, it was like watching back a year ago and being like, oh my God, that's so uncomfortable. I get so uncomfortable watching myself. But it's what people do, yeah. 
Oh, like, I this hate is what it. I'm getting based. It. Like, yeah. this is what I'm getting a job potentially on. I'm like, I was not funny here. And some people love that. And some people I'm like, I can't watch myself. Yeah. I, I think it's a necessary, I do, um, I wouldn't say a lot, but like a fair amount of like on camera. And the only way really to get better at it is to just watch yourself back. And yeah. And so I, I do feel like it's worse watching back the stand up because I'm just like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. But yeah, I, I mean, it, it really does help me get better, but I, I wouldn't say I enjoy watching me. Right, yeah, it's never yeah. been an enjoyable experience I watching didn't ask you, um, so we are, we're in New York City, in case people haven't figured that out. Um, what, what brought you to New York? Like, what, how'd you get here? So, I've always wanted to be here for my theater stuff, and I mm, thought that's yeah. what I wanted to do. The mecca of theater. Um, before leaving the lovely town of Cleveland, Ohio, <laughs> go Browns. Um, still a fan. Don't care if they're losers. <laughs> I'm rooting for them anyway. I'm from Michigan, so we are mortal enemies. Just yeah. FYI. <laughs> Anybody have anything against the Youngstown Penguins? <laughs> right. That was my school, so I can't say no. Stop, I a sweatshirt. No, I mean, no one's angrier than that penguin on that shirt. No one. It makes me... My that's penguin's on my sleeve. Thank you very much. It's like, oh, I'm going to school with the penguin with the resting bitch face. This is my perfect, <laughs> perfect school. That, yeah, that tracks. Literally and I looked really good in the colors, so I think that's why I chose it. Yeah. Um, just kidding. It was their musical theater program. Nice. Hi guys, back home. I'm in New York now, not doing what I have my degree in. Um, Same. Wow. <laughs> but what I came here for, exactly funny I enough, I was in Chicago for a little bit, and I went to a couple classes at the famous Second City, ah. um, which was really cool, and it was a really great experience. And while I was there, I was also auditioning for Broadway shows and Broadway tours, which was nice. great. And then, you know, the Second City stuff, I'm like, well, nobody important came to see me. Like, I'm just glad I had the experience. Mm -hmm. And then I got a very important audition in New York for, a, I mean, a little, very rarely known show, um, Saturday Night Live. And they said, what? can you be there next week to audition? I love how Amanda's entire body just went, And <laughs> it's that <laughs> moment where you're like, this crazy. is my dream come true. Yeah. No, I'm not ready. But sure, I could be there. And I went on the audition, and it was one of those days when I woke up, and I was like, girl, not today. Aww. But I looked really good. I threw up outside Lauren Michaels' office. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, I don't know if the body shaper was too tight I'm or sure if he had, had a much coffee. Like, oh. I mean, there should just be, like, a barf bucket, but there yeah. wasn't. But oh. I, I just got nervous, and the timing was so bad. Oh, my I have, God. So one of my favorite, and, and I would love to hear your take on this, one of my favorite quotes from Amy Poehler, actually, is... um. I'm going to mess up the nuances of it, but basically it's that like great people do things before they're ready. Um, so just like going in before you really feel confident. I oh, mean, yeah. do you, it's a hundred percent true. And if I didn't, if I didn't have that moment of being that uncomfortable and having my timing not land on anything, mm -hmm. I would probably have given up the ghost right there. I would never have done stand up. I wouldn't have taken any more classes. I probably would have packed my shit and gone home to Ohio to be honest. And just, you know, go to work at like a call center or, you know, the Bath and Body Works at the mall. Do you feel like it, it gave you confidence just having been selected to audition for that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if I hadn't had that moment, I don't know if I would have pursued it as much as I have and stuck with it as much as I have. It's wow. like, you know, having, you know, being a brand new chef and getting a shit Yelp review, you know, yeah. like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I had that moment in the middle of, of course, again, you know, the teeny tiny, completely not busy, po you know, populace of Rockefeller Center, just like losing just, my yeah, shit. Really, really completely. small space. No People are just trying to go to work and I'm just losing my shit. And there's like school groups just watching me have like a complete mental oh breakdown on the phone to my mother. Worth it. 
I mean, my other jobs at that time included being the brown M&M at the M&M store, which lasted <laughs> three days. Amazing. The brown um, one's the best. The brown one's the best, except you have no peripheral vision in the costume, so Oof. getting through doorways is a nightmare. <laughs> Wasn't that the one that Vanessa Williams voices on? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I'm look... a big fan of Vanessa Williams. I know. I was like, this is the best thing ever. Um, I mean, that was really cool. I was also working as um, a watch salesman at Fossil in Times Square and selling oh. Broadway show tickets. So, That's I mean, I had, a, I had no career path at that point. I was like, I just need to make money so I could be funny in my free yeah. time, which doesn't actually, you don't have free time in New York. No, no. never. I called in sick for this. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, do you think that, one, I mean, would you audition again? And do you think that you would get a chance of that, to do that again? I mean, is I that... hope so. Um, hopefully there will be a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth time. And they're like, okay, she is what we're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the hard thing, because, I mean, no disrespect to anyone currently on the show. I think you're all hysterical. I think... Because they are all listening. Yeah. I think <laughs> they might be. You know, I... They got their headphones in, and they're I like, what's she going to say about the heart? They're like, this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know her, but we hate her already. Um, I think I would love... I mean, I would absolutely love to have that opportunity again, because in my sixth grade, what do you want to do with your life? You know, Did you write SNL? I... My two career choices were veterinarian and Saturday Night Live comedian. Everyone picks veterinarian. It's so Until common. I realized what I had you? to put animals down, I couldn't. I was like, yeah, I, can't I do definitely that. picked veterinarian. What did you say? You said veterinarian? Yeah. I legitimately thought I was going to marry Prince Harry. Like, I was convinced Ooh. that I was going to be a princess. Were you so d- d- disappointed that it was an American? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would be lying if I said no. But I was like, <laughs> I've always had a little bit of a thing for the gingers. And, Same. like, everybody's like, oh, girl, uh, he has red hair. And I'm like, what? That's so attractive. Like, I'm just like, I don't understand. I mean, if he's you're comparing gorgeous. him to his brother, I mean, he's yeah. hotter. I That's... guess. I mean, no, he is, for sure. But, like, I don't. I was, I was in love with him, and I was convinced Aww. that I had my life path, like, chosen. I told everyone, like, beyond the place where, you know how, like, little girls are like, I'm going to be a princess when I grow up. Like, it was, I was, like, 12, and I was like, no, I'm going to be a princess. Like, <laughs> there was no, I was too old to have that. And they were like, probably not. And I was like, no, I am. I was 12 and watching Seinfeld. I'm like, mom, I want to do this. But that's, yeah. <laughs> and it was, mean, it was honest because I am living, awesome. yeah. my best life is, you know, the new Lillane Bennis. You know so what's that's... interesting is I, I also told my dad when I was um, 12, I, I don't know that I thought the princess read out, but I told him I was going to move to New York. Like, I just was determined. So I was going to do that. And he was like, I'm from Florida. And he's like, you don't do great in cold. I was like, nope. But I'm going to yeah. do it. And that I was like, I feel like that was about the age that I was like, I have to move to New York at some point. Maybe right, there's a lot of self actualization happening around twelve that we just weren't aware of. And I don't know. TBH. Yeah. I mean, the, what I thought would be great about being a princess is you get to kind of be a celebrity, and also you can just be drunk all the time. Do you know how much Accurate. the British people drink? Like, oh, so true. But they yeah. can't cook, so you're going to stay thin. So it's kind of the best of both worlds. <laughs> you're mm. going to stay thin because you're just going to drink so much alcohol that you're going to throw up because you've eaten anything. Also so accurate. <laughs> yeah. God bless the queen. Um, yeah, I, I love it. Anyway, um, tangent. Do you feel like you have, like, what's your, like, SNL cast, like, when you watched it, like, when you loved it? Because I feel like everyone has, like, a cat. Like, Lauren always says, like, this is it's hard whatever what was in high school. Like, those people are, like, your favorite cast. If I could be anyone on Saturday Night Live from my past, I mean, obviously Gilda Radner. Yes. But that was before my my time mm-hmm. but you know every time one of those clip shows was on i was on that tv like eyes like glued to the set because that you know her dan Aykroyd, like all of those guys were just so funny and so raw i was just yeah. in love with that yeah 
But the cast that I remember vividly watching the most was Chris Kattan, Sherry O'Terry, Will yes. Ferrell. And, you know, if I could just be, you know, the, like the Molly Shannon or the Sherry O'Terry. Oh, I love Molly Shannon. I mean, those were like the female comedians that I was like, okay. Yeah. This is, yeah, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Ladies yeah. can be funny too. Ladies, look at them being funny. Mom, <laughs> mom, look at this. She's so funny. Yeah. And that's what that's it amazing. was. You know, those were the women who was like, okay, like they could be funny and they could play a lot of characters. And yeah. And they, they just get look away like with a lot. normal people, like regular people. That like, was the one thing I learned in the audition. Like we're all normal people. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, normal's really a relative. As a comedian. I yeah. mean, right. Like yeah. no one's, no normal. one's normal. And especially in New York, no one is absolutely normal at all. If they're normal, they do, they get chewed up and spit up yeah. like yeah. in the city within and the first year. And then they go home to the suburbs. Yeah. They just go home to the suburbs. They're like, it is so terrible there. Oh my God. <laughs> one of the things that people always ask me being in New York, like they're always like, what's a crazy thing that happened to you? And I'm like, I, I mean, they're looking for like the like person got on the train and peed on you and whatever. And I'm just like, I stopped noticing that years ago you yeah, know right. I, like I just, I just don't engage yeah don't make eye contact. I'm like the craziest thing that's happened to me is so disturbing you don't want to hear it I don't right. have, like fun like oh I like met this famous artist and they took me to a party and then I was doing shots with Jay-Z like that's that's not a yeah. thing and I'm like no it's just like uh I was like viciously harassed on the subway yeah. that was the craziest <laughs> thing that's happened to right. me right and, and people sometimes I'll tell the stories and they just don't believe them I'm like no but really like but this really. is this is my real life yeah and then it kind of scares people I know from coming to visit. They're terrified know, of me. But honestly, fine. <laughs> I yeah, know. I'm, like, I'm like, honestly, there's enough people here. We don't like, need you. Yeah. If you come to visit, I do not want to go to Times Square with you. I know it's oh, fun. I will not. Yeah, I no. don't want to go. Yeah. So 100%. you touched on this a little bit um, in getting into Samir as an outcast, but uh, is there someone, I mean, is there someone or a couple of someones that kind of inspires you or that you kind of look to when you're you know, it, establishing career, whatever, you know, like, is there somebody that's... I mean, there are so many good comedians out there, and especially who've been on the path I was on. You know, like, Lucille Ball didn't start being a comedian until Honestly. later in her career. I think yeah. we talked... Did we talk about her last week? No, she... we talked about her when we were testing the mics. Oh, right, right, This week. She's <laughs> such a badass. Like, right. And she was so really incredible. Yeah. Oh, I know. And then, and I was, uh, one of the things that still amazes me is, um, that she was able to get Ricky cast as her husband. Right. Yeah. Cause so, then like you and would interracial not... marriage at that yeah. time was just not she a thing. Fought to yeah. the nail for and that. she was yeah. pregnant on television. Yeah. And no they let it be yeah. known and she's having a baby and it's also going to be on television. Yeah. Yeah. No one did so that. So crazy. And with her like reading her biography, I mean, she did not have the easiest life. No one, no, no one does. Yeah. I don't especially, care what anyone says. Especially comedians, right? Like, like we all are a little fucked up. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and if we aren't, I don't think I don't think I'd be funny if I wasn't, you know, a little. Yeah, disjointed. I feel like you have to be like uh, skeptical or so- something right. along like, those I, lines. I think so too, and and especially as a female comic, like you've got to have the thickest skin. Like, yeah. all you who uh, bullied me in middle school and high school think so much. I'm hilarious now. <laughs> um, and my boobs are way bigger than yours, so good, yeah. good on you. I mean, I was that girl who, like, always got picked on, but for, like, nothing specific. Yeah. They're like, mm. you're a turd nugget. You know, like, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, which one of us is going to become a comedian? Not you. Yeah. Like, uh, you need some better lines. <laughs> right, I'm like, try harder. Yeah. And, you know, it was the thing. Like, I was never the class clown. I was always, like, the observer. Me too, yeah. And I think that was actually, very quiet. yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I, as soon as I got into like high school, I was like that loudmouth girl who's like, I'll tell you off, I don't care. And that's <laughs> when I kind of also knew, like, you're going to be a New Yorker, like, toughen up or get lost. Yeah. Right. 
I was so, I was so awkwardly like shy, but I was like, I had undiagnosed celiac, so I was like super skinny and like everybody was just like, oh my God, she's this like beautiful cheerleader. <laughs> and it, like no one would talk to me because they thought I was really mean. And then the most common thing that's I got. still me today. I mean, I think that's a New York wrong. thing. Like no one, people do not talk to each other here ever. No, like we don't all. even want to make eye contact with other humans here. No. But they were like, "You absolutely should never make eye contact with people." Um, but <laughs> it's very dangerous. Um, they see it, they're like dogs; like they see it as like a threat. You know what I mean? Like I'm mm. engaging with you. Like don't and you can't break eye contact because it means you lose. But um, sorry, I know a lot about dogs. Um, <laughs> so they. Yeah, so, but no one talked to me in high school, like, at all, and, and the most common thing I always got was, like, people being like, oh, my God, you're nice. Like, and I was just, like, so offended by that, because I was like, well, if you'd have talked to me, like, you right. know, like, and you would have known, but no one talked to me, and I was, like, the new kid, and they just thought I was a snob, so they wouldn't talk to me, and I, I wasn't, I, I wanted friends, but I didn't know how to approach, it was, yeah, yeah. so I would just live my life yeah. in just this, like, fear and, like, very self-conscious, like, I didn't talk to anyone, I don't think everyone... That, too, is anxiety, just for everyone who wants to know. (laughs) There's different forms, everyone. Right. I mean, and that, that, it made a lot of sense when I was diagnosed with anxiety. I'm like, no wonder I get so nervous around people. Mm -hmm. Because people, I mean, I went to a very wealthy, very, very white school. And the fact that I was none of that and, like, you know... Oh my god, it was funny yeah. and did I went theater. To the and they're like, who's and they... like, who's what's her problem? I was never, yeah. And like, ju- this just didn't, I didn't think I was better than any of you. I was just too scared to breathe wrong around you guys like that. Exactly. That's the reality. And then you grow up and you're like, God, none of it mattered. Like, wh- right. I'm like, why, why did I like, none of it so much? Yeah. Why did I buy that $50 Ampacrombie and Fitch t shirt when none of it, no one cares? No one, this just in kids, no one cares. I know. And yeah. then now I was like so ashamed to have anything like generic. And then now I'm like, people will be like, oh, that's a great sweater. And I'm like, I had it for $4 at the thrift store. Like, so now excited. I'm upset that there's not a Walmart in New York. Oh, like, you know, know, that's right? really bad. I'm not so above Kohl's for clothes. So oh, great. So give me, you know, give me that like 80% off. And then red the $10 clearance. coops that yeah. never expire. that coupon. Yeah. Even so, Tefa, um, a while ago she got she had like some random clothes that she got and she was like I I grabbed something for you like I'll give it to you later and I was like oh cool and she like brings it and she gives it to me and it's a, just a plain gray t-shirt and she was like I thought of you <laughs> that's, was like, that's love that's honestly love right there. you nailed it that's me <laughs> <laughs> and I wear it all of the time and that's a very New York thing yeah. like I try to give stuff to my friends back home and they're like but why yeah. I'm like, I got it at a sample sale. Like, take it or leave it. I got this 90% off. You know, well, like, like, it's crazy. Nobody people wears are like, patterns, What's... but no. Florida and everything's bright and patterned. And I love the good, I love yeah. a good pattern. You're wearing a pattern now. Yeah, I your pattern, pattern is beautiful. Um, florals. So, uh, so we talked a little, uh, sorry, we got a little off, but I love it. Um, <laughs> so you said kind of in the beginning, we we're readdressing the wind down about taking classes and stuff. What, what kind of classes have you taken? And as a follow up, what do you feel? Like, was probably, the, like, the best one take. Like, you would recommend people being like, definitely do this. So because I came from a theater background and did the theater schooling and throughout college and singing and all of that, I guess those classes were important to me because you get to learn, like, a script and how to memorize and kind of how to interact yeah. and you kind of learn timing. Memorizing is so memorizing fucking is hard. Memorizing is so hard. That's the thing that, like, I learned um, when I was doing... Um, I'm just letting her know for time. But they, that's the thing I learned when I was... Um, I did improv first, and then having to learn how to use a script was really difficult. It's, it's, it's very daunting, like especially as an adult. You're like, what the hell is this? 
Mm-hmm. And I think because I knew that first and I experienced that first, that part of it didn't frighten me as much. But the thing I love the most, the more I do it, is the improv. And I feel like, not to like toot my own horn, but beep, beep, honk, honk, I feel like it makes me a better person and a better friend because you have to listen before you yes. react. And I think that's a skill that everyone needs. Yeah. And, you know, so many times you'll be talking to someone and you could tell they're just not, they're just waiting their turn to talk. Yeah. Oh, I hate and that. I hate that. And because I've done improv, like, I know, like, no, I am, like, very... And I may not look like I'm actively listening, because I have a very, very diagnosed case of RBF, um, resting bitch face. <laughs> I swear to God I'm listening, and I swear to God I'm engaged, but my face will not show it, because I'm trying not to get wrinkles. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things, like, I feel like improv made me a better listener, and it made me kind of break down my nervousness around people. Because, like, you are around all different kinds of people from all different walks of life. And, I mean, you really, like, have, like, a second to interact with them. And Mm -hmm. it makes me more open to different things and, you know, more loose as a person, I think. But it definitely helped my listening skills. So I would say improv classes, I don't care if you're, you know, going in with people who've been doing it for 10 years or two days. Like, go and do it. Yeah. I love that. That's that's beautiful. Yeah. I've said this before and I will say it again. I feel like improv, of all the things... um, made me most kind of comfortable being uncomfortable like it's scary especially when you're first starting out doing it no one knows what's going on but it's always that's the beauty of it yeah and it just kind of forces you to be like well this is uncomfortable as shit but right. I'm not bailing I'm gonna keep doing it and because right. I'm helping out my team you know um and I think it for me it was so integral into getting started in stand-up I don't know that I could have started without it I, and I did, which was weird. Yeah, well, that's Shit, that's what I did yeah, also. I so I've been, I've just been doing stand-up for like a couple of months. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think you can't. I just needed it. I did that because I like, I'm more of a writer. So right. like, I that to me is way less daunting. I know I can write something funny. Um, Same. And like, then now I'm like, okay, I need to like do an improv class and like yeah. get more comfortable. Because that's, that's the difference of it. Like some people will go up there. And I mean, I was, and again, this is, you know, from feedback I've gotten, I was, I guess, just born with really good timing. Mm. And I think that helps a lot, whether you're doing stand-up, whether you're doing improv. Yeah. And having just the timing is very important. And that's something you, I, and I mean, no offense to all the teachers out there, I don't think you could teach timing. Improv helps. Yeah. It's improv sort of an helps intuition. With it, but it's a very intuitive. Yeah. And from what I've seen, women are way better with timing. Because I, God, and so to your right. point about reading your audience, I think women are just better at that. Absolutely, because yeah. a man will go up there and be like, no, I'm funny, and if you don't think I'm funny, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the men are just not funny. Oh, and I found, at especially a lot of open mics in the city, people are, they say things that are, like, crude or and slash rude, um, mm-hmm. sometimes both, sometimes one or the other, but, and then they're like, it's a joke, it's fine, you know, like, and it's like, no, and it's sometimes no one's before laughing. they're even at the microphone. Not, yeah. yeah. No one's laughing because, like, it's not funny. It's Being a girl on a set is hard. Um, I've done a lot of the clubs in the city, and I was on the circuit for a long time. And I will never, ever forget, it was maybe my fourth actual show that I was on and, like, build on, which was really, really cool. Um, That's amazing. And this man, grown adult, not a young guy by any means. Um, he might still live with his mother. I don't know. Um <laughs> But he's like, hey, honey, get me a beer. 
Uh, and there I am in my dress and my crinoline and my bright red lips and my eye makeup. And I said, oh no, actually, um, I'm on the show with you. And his response was, oh, get me a beer anyway. What? Bitch, I'm not your waitress. I'm actually going on after you. Yeah. I could make your life a living hell. <laughs> like, don't fuck oh, with me. Oh, my God. But, you know, when you don't know these people, I mean, and they're never, I was never on the same set with the same people except, yeah, right. you know, the person who had booked me on the shows. Yeah. And she was another female, but she never really switched up her set much. So I could have probably done her set for her at that point because it was the same every single time, which hmm. if they're paying to see you, don't do that. Don't do it. Yeah. Don't. Mm. No, like, it's like, who wants the rotten fruit at the supermarket? Nobody. Yeah. Everyone wants the fresh stuff. And it's important to do new material because if you don't test it out, you'll never know if it's funny. Like, yeah. I write some and stuff and I'm like, it's like, great. You're not, like, growing at all, and right? Not at because, all. okay, I figured out this 10 minutes always works. Right. But then come up with another 10. Like, Absolutely. and do it three minutes at a time at open mics. Like, do what you got to do. And that's why open mics are so important. I don't care how long you've yeah. been in the industry, it's good and cathartic to test new material. Because I will write stuff down when I'm depressed. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> and then I try it out in an audience. I'm like, that sucked. Oh, yeah, but yeah, if I didn't yeah. try it, I would just keep thinking I was, you know, this oh, for sure. hysterical. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, you've got to try it out. Yeah. I've and, done so many of that where I'm like, this is amazing and it's killer. And, like, no matter how I, I word it, it doesn't work. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, maybe I'll drop it. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And also, like, I feel like you should be... Like, okay, when you're starting, maybe you won't do a show where you're doing more than 10 minutes, so you only need 10 minutes, but don't you want to be prepared for, like, right. someone's, like, I need 30 minutes, or I need you to host, like, yes, uh, like, <laughs> or, like, I had one time, I had a, I think it was a seven minute set, or it was, like, 10, I forget what it was, mm -hmm. but basically the end, I had it, like, worked out, so this was the time. And then the person that was the host had, like, left the room. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm going to keep going. Like, oh, or, yeah. when you, or when you open someone at a fairly famous comedy club and you ask them for a selfie and they unpolitely declined. <laughs> and then they, they decide that they're going to be the bigger person and just straight up not come out when they're called out. And then you immediately have to come up with a couple extra minutes. Not that oh, it's ever happened, no. but it has. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, true at all. Yeah, it's like, I have to come up with something now it's because... It's specific for a hypothetical scenario. Right? <laughs> Not to name names. You know who you are. Oh, um, man. They're, they're all listening. listening. Yes. <laughs> they're all... I think they're, like, they just have this on in like, the SNL writing and cast room, and they're like, what is she going to say? Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Gonna, this is um, integral like, to your next me. audition. So. Yeah. <laughs> this is actually my next audition. So. Fun fact refresh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think that's good. Um, we talked about a lot of this stuff. Uh, do you have anything else? I want to ask. I want to ask you about some of your hobbies, but uh -oh. I know we're yeah we're over. We're but, but yeah, we want to talk about. So it's okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll just keep talking. But we we want to talk about like I learned you did cosplay, and I was like, I do. Oh my god! Like so I have to talk about, that, right? <laughs> about these costumes because I feel like it's so. Fun. I have a cousin that does it too, and like the costumes are just like incredible. It's it's Halloween year round at my house. It's yes. the most beautiful thing you could ever experience. <laughs> Can I also say real quick? I was at your house. <laughs> And um, there's like bodices of yes. like costumes, and then there's um, I walked in and like you're you were working on something of your most recent one I think maybe yeah and I, there's like a sewing machine and all these patterns and I was like oh my gosh I I like need to know how to do this it was it literally looks like magical Buffalo Bill's house in Silence of the Lambs <laughs> there's just patterns in fabric it's not and enough boas but there's like... never enough there's never enough marabou in my house oh my god but I do I do cosplay I may actually. I have always been and always will be a huge nerd. 
Um, and it's, As you should be. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, I get to be the character I wanted to be when I was growing up. Awesome. And not yeah. get judged for it. Perfect. Yes. So is what is like... your, what's your, um, kind of like, what's your, do you have like a favorite one that you've done? That's or that you're most proud of? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I like to do more obscure cosplays because let's mm. face it, every woman out there wants to be Catwoman so and true. wants to be Harley Quinn. That's mm-hmm. fine. Harley Quinn seems fine, but Catwoman but... just seems sweaty. It, like, that's yeah, the thing. Yeah, it's terrible. And that's the thing about like Comic-Con because you, yes. you have to think about wearing it all day, yeah. looking good all day. And like going to the bathroom, you've got oh to plan God. that shit out, girl. Wow, it's like getting married. You have to I know, like so, a whole it wedding. It is dress. like there is a whole process in thinking about it, and especially like I've traveled with mine a couple times, and you have to think about all of Wrinkles that before you even like. Yeah. Can I iron it? Will it fall apart? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of that kind of thinking for me that goes into it. Um, my favorite cosplay, I have two that are very very even. My most favorite, what I like to call comfortable cosplay which is where you're wearing basically normal mm-hmm. clothes, is a Clarice Starling FBI from Silence of the Lambs. Oh, my God. It's a men's so. Henley and, like, mom jeans <laughs> and a badge I bought on the internet. I feel like I could wig. play her. So- I'm going to try that costume. Thanks for the I mean, it <laughs> is amazing. And, like, your bathroom visit is so quick, girl. Like, let me tell you. And, like I mean, you just got to know. I mean, I auditioned for Silence of the Lambs, the musical, which was probably the best and worst idea because I love it so much. <laughs> And I mean, it's like, you just know the lines from the thing and you just go around and you're like, Dr. Lecter, Dr. Lecter. (laughs) And everyone who wore the costume, I did that too. And they were just like, oh my God, that's the best thing I've ever seen. I'm like, it's a Henley and jeans. Thanks so much. Um, The most, I don't want to say uncomfortable cosplay, but playing the character who I love the most from my childhood is Lynn Marie Stewart's Miss Yvonne from Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, It's very obscure. Apparently no one dresses as her except for me. And really? I that's, went I and met, right, and my best friend Jamie was dressed as Shiwi Herman, because she's obviously a chick, <laughs> but I'm going to dress her up as Peewee because she's, she's perfect for it. And we got to go to LA Comic Con, Stanley's Comic Con, and meet him. And we had the vintage toys that we obviously, you know, I got rid of when I was a kid because like, this stuff's lame, and now I repurchased yeah. them at <laughs> 10 times the price way, yeah, on eBay. <laughs> and we went in with the toys, and he looked at us, and he goes, oh my god, I have to take a picture of you guys. I'm like, I just peed my body picture. Like, what? <laughs> and he goes, can I send this to Lynn? And I was like, what? Oh my and god. And he goes, well, you know, Miss Yvonne. And I, like, didn't even say yes or no. I just went, uh. <laughs> like, I went full Tina Belcher. And I was just, like, dead inside. And I was just like, uh-huh. Like, I've, I, like, oh turned god. into, the you know, yeah. the most nervous I've it never. It was high school again. All it, of was, it, it was. It was like, so yeah, much worse. People, yeah. I was like, I'm in front of the class like, oh, I and like again. I peed myself <laughs> and like just living your dreams out. Yeah. And wow. for the next Comic Con, the one I'm working on, the one that looks like Christmas threw up in my house, I'm making the Christmas Miss Yvonne, which is a lot Ooh. of marabou and a lot of red yes. velour and a wig that has Christmas decorations in it. Amazing. I'm I not sure how I'm going to go to, to and from Comic-Con or yeah. go to the bathroom, but no one cares. I will figure that out. If I have to wear a catheter with that outfit, I will. I'm doing it. <laughs> and that's the one thing about cosplay. Like, you've got to be committed. Yeah. And you've oh, just... Yeah. You, you can't just half-ass it. Or it no, just looks no. pathetic. Like, if you half-ass it, like, don't. Just don't do it. Because mm-hmm. there's well, so many people it. who are still like... I mean, I'm not even that OCD and that serious about it, but there are people in there who's like, I've been working on this for five years. You know, and I'm like, oh I've been collecting God. this shit since birth, but I'm... First off, you should wear that to SantaCon. Thinking about it. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. I have a real solid outfit for SantaCon. Um, 
Oh, yes. And um, I know what you're talking about. I've like about. thought about it a couple times, telling that. But the other thing, I I work in Hell's Kitchen, which is like right near the Javits Center and and whatever. And my favorite is like when um like any type of Comic Con is happening in New York, and you're just like walking through the streets, and there's just like these like monsters and characters right. and they're just like walking around and I'm like oh Comic Con must be happening and but like tourists are like what's going on right and so I fun. try to it's wear amazing. mine on the subway yes. as much as I can because an Uber is a great idea until your hair is too high to fit in it in yeah. my case and then I'm like <laughs> I gotta take this shit off and then put it back on and it might yeah. be wonky and I yeah. won't it's not gonna work out and like that's the thing like I've gotten dressed at Comic Con I've because I always take a change of clothes because like by the end of the day there's like normal people on the train yeah I mean more normal people I mean, on the train than myself. Yeah. But, you know, when you're traveling home from work, you don't want to see, like, people in weird makeup. And I, I mean, do. I've done it. It would be so much, I one time would be a much better commute, I feel like. Yeah, I, like, I was wearing this is a better. costume. Right, like, it's more friendly. Like, more people talk to me when I'm in cosplay than when I'm in regular clothes. Well, I think that they think you're, like, some character. And, like, so we, we dance together, right? Yeah. And so some of the costumes that we wear for dance, and I've worn those on the train, and or just walked around before and right. after performances, and like little girls will like come right. up and can I have a picture with you and you're like of course I'm like it honestly a TBH that would be so creepy outside of costume but like right. you know or like other like random dudes and you're just like sure whatever I'm in a costume right and they will the, the hardest thing about wearing a costume to Comic Con especially when it's a more obscure cosplay there are other people there who love it too mm-hmm. and they will stop you for a photo so my the first time Jamie and I dressed as Pee Wee and Miss Yvonne we got stopped so much for costumes and for photos we didn't have time to do everything we wanted to do. Yeah. So we typically do, I used to do all four days, now I'm doing with my worst schedule about two. And the one day I will just wear like a Star Wars t-shirt because I have a million of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like sweatpants because I want to shop and get do around. stuff yeah. and not be stopped every two minutes, which yeah. I love. Like I love talking about it and I love talking about it. I'm glad you guys asked me about it because I love talking about it. <laughs> and people get nervous to ask you. They're like, oh, I heard you do cosplay. It's like, it's not like I'm doing cam porn yet. <laughs> like, like, I think I saw you sit on a cake on, you know, Pornhub. Not yet. Coming soon. You know, but it's like um, one of those things, like, no one will ask you about it. They're like, it's like some dirty topic. I'm like, no, you, it's life. That's did you life. watch The Real Housewives? Um, oh, yes. Uh, so, NeNe Leakes one time talked about how when she was first on it, people would, like, stop her and be like, okay, I have a picture with you. And she's like, of course, honey. And, like, would take, that's not her voice at all, um, would, like, take pictures <laughs> with people. And and then she was like, I just got to this point where I was like, look, I got to catch my game in five minutes. And she's just like, bye. Right. And like, which is peace out because, I mean. It's hard. Know, it's really, it's really hard because everyone Being wants to Being famous must you. be so difficult. I know. I'm like, oh, God, that sounds so terrible. But if Bravo also is <laughs> also listening, wants to call me. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really funny. And I think you should give me and these other two checks a show. So. Yeah, Bravo. If you want to <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready to be a new, a new housewife at any moment. Yes. So, with that, we've talked a lot, and I love I it, and I'm so excited, and this is amazing. Thank you so much. There, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> is there any final kind of things you want to say, and or advice that you would want to give people kind oh. of starting out? I mean, advice for newbies starting out, don't be scared. You're funnier than you think. Because I, I used to be like, oh, I'm not going to do this open mic. I'm not funny. No one's going to laugh at that. Mm-hmm. No one wants to see that. And then... I started doing more and more, and I'm like, oh, I'm, okay, still got it. Like, Stella's, Stella's got her groove, girl. <laughs> like, in there, you know, regardless of how many unsupportive people you run into, if you want to do it, don't give up on it. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, Aww. and that's the hardest thing. Because, I mean, I rarely take my own advice. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, oh, that's sure. one of those things where it's like, no, you just got to, if you love it, and if it's truly on your heart that that's something you want to do, keep your day job, because you don't want to get evicted from your apartment. You need money. Yeah. And you need money to eat and pay bills. Yeah. Adulthood sucks. I mm-hmm. get it. 
but like be sure to like keep going whether you know if you're working a full-time job and a part-time job and you don't have time to do an open mic keep writing and keep keep doing it yeah i feel like even and like it when you do have time writing right. like practice at home like i right. feel like sometimes depending on the situation it's sometimes more beneficial for me to just run through it like eight times at right. home because five minutes on stage isn't a lot and it feels so like, like forever when you're up there yeah mm-hmm. but it's yeah. like just like keep in time yourself like i yes. don't care like time yourself try it out you know do it like talk quickly like talk like you're really nervous and go mm-hmm. through it that way and talk at a million miles per hour and you know oh. see where you end up time wise because it might happen or they might yeah. want to there's some but somebody you know at some of the clubs in new york it does happen i've gotten bumped off of shows at certain clubs for more famous comedians and they might tell you and they might be in the back giving you the you know the roundy hands and be like okay wrap your shit up because somebody is more important and you might be mid-thought but like you've yeah. got to be prepared for that yeah you know you might have to be on That's longer right. or shorter and like you've got to know yourself and know your, not your set, but you have to know where you're heading. I think that's such yeah. a talent, too. Like, I've seen so many people get the, like, light and then, like, be like, okay. And, like, either it throws them off or they keep going right. for another three yeah. minutes. And it's just like, right. no, And then that not. throws everyone else off. Yeah. I even, um, I was at an open mic recently and this girl, she was so nervous. Um, but, it, and, like, she, she did okay, but she started with, like, she got up and she was like, can you not give me the light? Because I'll get nervous. It'll throw me off. And they were like, uh. I wish the the listeners could see the look on my face right now. (laughs) It was, it was not, not, it's it's something you have to like get used to and learn how to have it not throw you off or just know your material well enough so that you know it's under the time and you don't have to pay attention to it. And just if you get thrown off, kind of know where you're heading. Like just if, if you're get if you know you get that nervous, know your end and know your beginning and fill it in. Yeah. Because like, if you okay, don't know your I... end point, you are fucked. Yeah. I don't care how long you've done it, you're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you end and you're like, like just babbling or lost, they can tell, you mm-hmm. could tell. And especially if they're recording you and you want to submit it, you're going to look like a jackass. Yeah, don't use that recording. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, don't, sorry, just so like, don't pay for it. Don't that. use it. Just yeah. pretend like it never happened and move on. Yeah. Which is great. Um, cool. So we covered a lot. I'm so excited. This yeah. was beautiful. Um, Thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you so much. This is so great. And you have so much information and there's still so many questions I want to ask you. I know. I feel like we Um, could bring her back. Yeah, I'm I'm available. (laughs) I live in Queens. (laughs) Let me look at my calendar. Um, No, we really appreciate it. Um, But that being said, we're going to, um, I won't clap again. Um, <laughs> they, yeah, so we're going to close out with the game. Yes. Um, yeah. If you guys want to stick around, we're going to take a quick break. Yeah. Um, kind of shake it off and, and get ready for it. Did you want to introduce it? Because I know. Yeah, let's introduce it because we have to like anyway. write stuff. So, um, so, okay. So we're going to play a game called Things. things. <laughs> um, sorry for the paper. So, uh, in this game, you just, uh, write something that's like, I think the example was like things that make you smile or whatever. And then everyone has to write down something about that. Um, and then we're all going to try and guess like who wrote what. So we have five different things and then we're all going to take a break, each write our stuff and then come back and uh, talk about it. So, and the trick I've learned to avoid anyone knowing what your handwriting looks like is everyone writes in all caps. So it's harder. You can't, it's harder to like differentiate. Yeah. I was asking her about that beforehand. I was like, how are we going to do that? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've watched a lot of crime shows, so I feel like I have a one up. I know. So you can like, write, write like a murderer. Hand, and all caps. <laughs> I have a lot of forensic files knowledge at the ready. So, but I think this Perfect. is great. It's like uh, 
getting to know you. Which yeah, is, absolutely. Yeah. Which is great it's and terrifying. Yeah. No, so I'll, but I'm interested uh, for the responses. Yeah. So um, we're gonna write those during the break, and yeah. then oh, I'll, you want to read the questions now? Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna read them now. It'll be intriguing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Just just stick around, okay? Um, <laughs> um, okay. <Don't> <laughs> so we're gonna do uh, things that make you cringe. Ooh. Things you feel indifferent about. Things you wish you understood. Things you know too much about. Uh oh. <laughs> and things you don't ever want to understand. <laughs> it's gonna be sick, y'all. Stick around. It will be right get interesting. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much. Uh, we had too much fun talking with Molly, and our game went for like another hour Uh, it was supposed to be fast and we just had too much to say yeah it was like five things 15 minutes or like 45 minutes later we're like still chatting um so because we want you to be able to listen to it all um we're gonna release a bonus episode later in the week so keep an eye out for that um and in the meantime make sure you follow molly on social um her Twitter is the Modern Molly, and her Instagram is thoroughly Modern Molly. Um, so yeah, go check her out; she's amazing. And keep an eye out for a bonus app later this week. That's right, and you can follow us. You can <laughs> also. also follow us um, at at uh, what's the point PC on Twitter and what's the point Pod on Instagram. Yep, and you can follow me uh, Tefa at Tefa Trending on Twitter and Insta, which is T-E-F-F-A, trending. And you can follow me on Insta and Twitter at Amanda Krebs, K-R-E-B-E-S. Okay, see you later. Bye. Bye.